My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's guests. We have Connie and Laura, the two co-founders of Three Ships Beauty, one of my favorite skincare products, lines, brands out there. Um, I I meant brand. I don't know why I said (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on. And uh, we were just chatting before this episode. They're both such incredible women and hard workers. And I think this is going to be such an inspiring, eye-opening episode for so many of you. So welcome, Connie and Laura. Thanks so much for having us, Mimi. We've been longtime fans. Yeah, (laughs) we're so so excited to be here today. Honestly, so flattering. And I'm a longtime fan of your products. I actually remember my sister told me about Three Ships Beauty probably the beginning of this year. And she was like, you need to try these products. They're really, really good. And like, they're really affordable and really cute packaging and branding. And I'm obsessed. And so I'm actually really happy that we connected. And um, yeah, I've been using your products for a couple months now. And it's like, I'm not going back. You can see I'm on video right now. I'm not wearing any makeup. They're and glowing. I must say, glowing. Yeah. <laughs> I say so myself. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Celeste was one of our like first customers back after we rebranded and her skin before and after using our cleanser. I remember in particular, she was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea natural could be this effective. So I'm so glad she shared the love with you. No, absolutely. So I would, first of all, I want to hear your story for myself and for the listeners. We have two incredible businesswomen here. And I just want to know like how you guys came up with the concept for your brand um, maybe even any like uh, milestones along the way, any setbacks along the way. I just want to hear how it started. And, you, you know, now you guys are in Target and you're, you know, selling nationally and you have a really successful brand just for everyone listening. It's like a really big deal how, how much you guys have done. So I would just love to hear a bit more about both of, you know, your stories. Yeah. And thank you so much for the kind words, Mimi. We're so happy that you've been happy with the products you've tried. Um, So maybe I can take this one a little bit about our origin story. Um, So the initial idea came up actually when Connie and I were students. So I was studying chemical engineering at the University of Toronto. And in my fourth year, started to get more and more into natural beauty. Um, One of my friends actually introduced me to using coconut oil as natural makeup remover. And I was so hooked by how um, luxurious of an experience it was, but found that it was also really messy. Um, And so from that, I tried to find a product that was just as clean and natural, but it was in an easier to use format and um, started to look more into the industry also from a business perspective of being like, you know, why are these products so expensive? Like, is it actually worth all this money that you're paying for it? Because as a student, I could not afford to spend $80 on a cleanser or $400 on an entire routine. Like that was just out of the question. Um, and as I started to dig more into the industry, I was like, wow, there's some real things need to be changed here. There's a lot of greenwashing, which I found very frustrating as a consumer. I'm sure like most of the listeners, I do not like being lied to or misled. I think there's a lot of misleading marketing within the skincare industry, especially within natural. And it's really hard to know what's actually natural and what isn't. Um, so luckily with my technical background, I was able to have more of an understanding of ingredient list when I was reviewing them, but I mean, even then I was super confused about what was natural and what wasn't. And then the second piece was the pricing bit. Again, like crazy ridiculous prices that once you start to dive into it, it was like, wow, the margins that these people are charging are absolutely 
astronomical and like completely out to lunch. And this is not sustainable and not like good for the average, average person. So after I graduated, I started to tinker around in my own kitchen to develop our first line of products um, and then started floating this idea for a natural skincare company that was affordable by some of my friends um, and family. And one of my close friends I knew from school, knew Connie from middle school, introduced us. Uh, it was kind of like a first date, essentially. I was just meant to ask her questions about um, market research, basically. So I brought our minimum viable product. It was like our initial like line of cotton rounds, uh, makeup removers, and like this like ugly little container. Um, all they had picked out at that point was like basically nothing. Um, so bare, bare bones of the business, but for some reason, Connie was like, yep, I want to do this. Let's dive in. And her and I just started vibing off of each other within that first dinner that turned into like a three hour brainstorming session. Um, and then we literally got started the next day. Yeah. And it was pretty insane. Like on that first so-called co-founder date, we realized that we were complete opposites in terms of personality types. So if you have listeners who are like looking for a co-founder or a partner, I think this is something that's really important is looking for someone who's opposite than you and has complementary skill sets, but very aligned values. So mm -hmm. Laura and I realized from the get-go, complete opposite My Myers-Briggs types, but then our values for our life and where we want to be in our early thirties um, and what kind of families we want to lead moving forward, it was like completely aligned. Um, and so I think that that's just super important when you're looking for a co-founder, because sometimes we hear of co-founders where they both have the same skill set. So maybe they're both good at marketing or they're both good at finance. And that's not exactly the best partnership because you're missing out on a lot of things that you could do better. Absolutely. Such good tips. And, you know, it's so crazy that a friend introduced you and you just went on a first date and ended up as lifetime business partners. How long ago was this? I was like a little over four years ago, four and a half years ago now, which is crazy. So we ended up launching the brand initially under the name New Body um, back in March of 2017. And Connie and I were both working full-time at this time. We put literally $2,000 each into the brand, which was basically what we had in, in savings because we were fresh grads um, and then got to work. We were making products in Connie's uh, condo kitchen outside of our nine to five. So I'd go over to her house two days out of the week to make product. And then I would bring it back to my place, literally on the streetcar, just like bags of this product that we had made to ship it out of my apartment. My roommates were extremely understanding and, and helpful and kind. And we did that for the first, I guess, like year and a half, I think, of the business that we were running things outside of our nine to fives. And then two and a half years ago was when we actually went full time with the company. So that's when things started to pick up a little bit more steam. But even up until like really seven months ago, um, we didn't have any external funding. Like it was just Connie and I hustling on these things. A year ago, it was only Connie and I as the only two full-time employees within the business. So it's it's been a real labor of love for us for a very long time. It's just been exciting to see all the traction that the brand has gained recently. Yeah. Oh and maybe to give some context for Mimi's listeners, um, a little bit about Three Ships that we're all about transparent beauty. So our mission is to be the most transparent natural beauty brand in the world because of that original problem that we faced, which I'm sure many of your listeners can agree with. It's just so confusing trying to decipher between different retailers, clean beauty standards, you know, different product philosophies, like what does paraben mean? What does sulfate mean? Um, it's just so much misinformation. Um, so that's why we're trying to be the most transparent brand. So we formulate according to the strictest global guidelines, which are actually based in the European Union. Um, so we avoid over 1400 potential toxins and chemicals. Um, we're also, of course, certified cruelty-free and vegan and forever under $40 US. 
Um, and today, unlike where we were last year, now we have a team of nine, like incredible badass women on our team. Um, and like you mentioned, Mimi, you can find us at like Target, Whole Foods, um, Hudson's Bay, Halt Renfrew, Indigo, um, and Urban Outfitters. So, okay. I just heard the story of how it started. And then now I'm hearing I'm in Holt Renfrew. I'm in Urban Outfitters. I'm in Target. Like, I want to know more about that middle bit. Like you guys started grinding really hard, put all of your, your savings money into this. Like, what was the first milestone that you guys hit where you were like, wait, we're on to something. The first milestone that we hit, honestly, I feel like it was when we started to hear feedback from customers would have been one of the first milestones or getting our first order from a customer that wasn't someone that we knew. That was a really big milestone for us. I think a lot of first-time founders, you rely heavily on your friends and family when you first launch. And I think for us, the first non-friends or family order came around like maybe five or seven days into our launch. And Connie and I were sitting down together actually when it came in and we're like, wait, do you know this person? No. Do you know this person? No. Oh my God, it's so exciting. She was in California. We're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So that was a really exciting milestone. I'd say another exciting milestone was when we went full-time and we only did that once we knew that we had product market fit. So we were starting to see more traction just within the local Toronto market. We were going to a lot of different pop-ups and craft shows at that time on the weekends just to meet people and to sell our products and to get a little bit of cash coming in. Um, So that was another major milestone for us. And then the rebrand that we went through more recently, where we changed from new body to three ships that only launched like less than 12 months ago. And that was definitely a big milestone for us. Um, but in terms of a real turning point within the brand, it was definitely when we went on Dragon's Den. That was like a breakthrough moment for us within the Canadian market. And that's what I think led to a lot of our success this year within Canada is our appearance on, on that show. Okay. Let, talk to me about this. I actually remember hearing you were on Dragon's Den or Shark Tank. I remember it being one of them. What was that experience like? And was it like it is when you watch it or, you know, how... <laughs> Was it scary? I would have been so scared. We were terrified. <laughs> so like to- shaking, terrified, oh God, like yeah. so nervous. I remember your fingers were blue too from the cold, Laura. And we were just like shaking from nerves and then from the cold being in the back room before we went on stage. Um, but it was a really long process actually to kind of condense it down. Um, we auditioned earlier in the year in 2020. Um, we were selected from one out of 2000 pitches, um, to be one of 80 companies that went on to pitch the dragons, which was really exciting. Um, and then over the summer we practiced our pitch. I remember we like practiced it like over a hundred times. We had it memorized like down to the word. Um, and then we went to the back room, um, of the studio, which is downtown Toronto, CBC. Um, and then they kind of held us in there for like six hours because like everything is like so unorganized backstage because like people are coming and going, like they're changing the order of like the pitches. And I remember something that also happened the night before is that our hair and makeup got canceled (laughs) because of COVID. And so here Laura and I are like, we're not great with makeup or hair. We like ran to our local drugstore at 9 PM the night before our show. And we bought like waterproof eyeliner and mascara. We're like trying makeup looks for TV, like really heavy bronzer. Really heavy bronzer bronzer and blush like we're just like oh my god I hope that we don't look like clowns when this comes out we're just like okay let's just assume that the lights on the studio are gonna make this look more blended out luckily it was okay if anyone wants to check it out we're season 15 episode two um but yeah so then we were in the back room and then they hook you up with um like av equipment 
And then when you go on to the studio, you're actually in there for 45 minutes pitching, but each Dragon's Den segment is only like six or seven minutes. So they cut so much of what actually goes on. So we were told by friends who had been on the show before to make sure that we're constantly smiling, even though like, you know, someone else might be asking a question or like Laura might be talking about something that's like more serious you should always have a neutral smiling face because what they'll do is they might cut and splice the clips to make it look like you reacted to something a dragon oh, yeah. said. It's all for TV. Um, so on the show, we did end up getting three offers from four dragons, which was amazing. Um, and then we accepted the offer from Jim Tra Living. Wow, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. Good for you for knowing what to do at that, you know, at that time in that situation from someone that has worked in TV as well. The fact that they can cut things up and make you, you know, make it seem like you were saying something you weren't or, you know, that's a good tip. Always smile. And you sign away your rights to ahead of the show. You sign away and you say like, you know, you can paint me in whatever light you want. You can make up things didn't actually happen. So like we were really scared, but also really excited just because Connie and I had been watching the show since we were in like literally high school. So it was just a really surreal moment to walk into those, mm-hmm. uh, through those double doors and see that the dragons were actually real people. Right. Um, yeah. And for um, your listeners, if they do have like a business in Canada, highly recommend pitching Dragons Den or the US Shark Tank because on the day that the episode went live, like we were just logged into our Shopify, like our backend website, just to see what was going on. And all of a sudden, like our visitors and sales just blew up. And it was just like nonstop, like tick, 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 like for every order coming through. Oh, and we had, a t- we had a team of four back then. So we we're all doing customer service while the orders were coming in because people were messaging us being like, what's the best product for me? Like, what's a boost serum? Like, how do I use a purified cleanser? We're like, answering while we were doing like a virtual viewing party with our friends um and the continued awareness throughout like even months after dragon's den went live um it's still sustained to this day so like laura mentioned highly recommend to you and your listeners if you do have a business to pitch because just the the like broad viewership across canada is just unparalleled that's insane oh my gosh so can you go on and like not accept investment (laughs) Yeah, you totally can. Yeah. And actually most of the deals end up not passing in due diligence. I think only less than 20% of them actually end up getting closed because either the founder decides, you know what, like this isn't the right terms or the right deal for me or the right structure, or um, the dragons also are like, oh, like this ended up being a very different business than what I thought that it was in the den. Um, Because of course they have to dig into your financials to make sure that you're telling the truth. In our case, um, we ended up not accepting the offer from Jim just because we got other offers from independent investors, so angels, that were on far better terms. So we ended up being like, oh, it doesn't really make sense for us to take this more expensive money from Jim. But we've still kept in touch with his um, team, and we hope to be able to work with him in our next financing round. That's amazing. Good for you. Wow. What a great piece of marketing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then also something that people are always really curious about from like a business evolution standpoint of how did you get from like being in your like kitchen and making products by like 10 at a time up to doing like POs and runs of like 400,000 units. Um, the big like turning point was definitely when we stopped producing product within Connie's condo. Yeah. And we had like a mini turning point where we actually like moved out of her condo and into her parents' basement. So that's where we started doing all of our production and all of our shipping. And actually up until like 
you know, I'd say 10 months ago, Connie's dad was doing all of our pick and pack. So he was shipping, shipping and fulfilling all of our orders still from her parents' house. So we were very, very scrappy, focused on saving money wherever we could, not getting ahead of ourselves within the business and like signing all these massive mm-hmm. contracts or bringing on employees too soon. I think that that's what led to us being able to survive the like really critical first three year period. Yes. And uh, to shed some light here, like to give some more color, um, during that time when we were manufacturing in my parents' basement, the way that our weeks would look would be something like Monday to maybe Wednesday or Thursday, we'd be working like crazy hours downtown, just working on the business. And then Thursday to maybe Sunday, we'd be sleeping over at my parents' house, like making products, like literally sometimes from like 7am until like 2am. So it's very unglamorous. And I think that that's something that sometimes people miss when they see an entrepreneur's life. Like I'm sure Mimi, you've gone through this where people are like, Oh my gosh, your life is so amazing. You're jet setting from the Bahamas to London. But it's like, that is so not what goes on behind the scenes. So just want to shed some light there because I think that entrepreneurship is sometimes overly glamorized and it's not for the faint of heart. Um, And just want to share, like we were, you know, two, years ago like we were nowhere near where we are today and we were still hand making things like nowhere near as glamorous as what people think it was I love how you said that thank you for sharing that because it is so true and you know the why behind everything we do is so powerful that we put that that annoying work in and we work all those hours and you know naturally you don't post about that you know naturally you're not um marketing the unglamorous parts and I I don't know if that's a you know good or bad thing. It's just something you just don't do as much. Um, I'm trying to think of ways I can do that more, but uh, yeah. So thank you for saying that. I, I completely resonate. And anyone listening right now that has their own business that is working towards creating their own business, maybe um, you know it's it's just good to know that. And there's, I don't know if you feel the same way. And tell me if you guys feel the same way. But there's almost this like beautiful feeling in those really hard moments where you're just like this is like, you have to put that kind of energy in because when you get there, you're going to look back on that time and be like, yeah, I deserve this fully. And I still experience those moments all the time thinking um, what I'm doing now, when it comes to work, when, it, when it, what I was doing back then, when it comes to work and just being like, I, I'm really appreciative of this hard work. I totally you, agree. God. Like, Laura and I will look back at the times where we were, you know, setting up booths at local craft markets, like 8 a.m. until 8 p.m., like full weekends, and then going back to work our other nine to five jobs on Monday morning. And those times were like brutal, like Mm -hmm. lugging our luggages around, setting up the booth and then standing all day and being like fully on because you need to be selling and smiling and talking to customers. But now we can look back at those times and be like, that was really incredible what we did. And we were able to get such good customer feedback um, or even think about the times that we were making like thousands of units per night at home and just listening to different podcasts, like inspirational ones, like how I built this was one that we always leaned on. Um, And we just listen to those like entrepreneur stories and be like, one day we're going to get there. Um, So yeah, I totally agree with you. It's romanticizing the process, even during times of it not being very beautiful, you know? Totally. And like Connie said, it's not glamorous. Like entrepreneurship is stressful and people are like, oh, I want to start a business because then I can be my own boss and I can call all the shots. It's like when you have a company, you actually have less control over your life. You're still accountable to so many people and in many ways, like more accountable to them because you have employees and you have to make sure that they're happy. You have to make sure that your business is growing so you can pay their salaries and pay the bills. You have vendors and suppliers that you're accountable to. 
So, and customers, of course, you're accountable to, and then investors eventually. So there's actually a lot more people that you have to um, think about and be responsible for than if you were to work in like a regular job where you're only accountable to your, you know, boss. Something that I heard once that I really resonate with is like being an entrepreneur is knowing that you can take off any Friday, but you just don't know which Friday it'll be yet. It's like you do have freedom in a sense, but not really because things are always popping up. There's always fires to, you know, port like get out. So I think that that really resonated because it's not actually as freeing as a lot of people think. I feel like we're like really like, you know, pushing entrepreneurship as being like really bad, but it's actually really fun. I think it's just really important to show that other side because again, it's so really glamorized today in social media. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of of you know 12 hour days and and a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety and stress but it it it's worth it to a lot of people and i know mm-hmm. a lot of people listening might also not be the entrepreneur type and they're more of the kind of person that thrives as an employee that wants to help someone else you know build something and, and that wants that security of having um you know not putting their whole life at risk for a business so you know it's beautiful that we have every type of person out there because it helps the big vision um but i would love to know since we're talking about this like do you know what your end goal is with this brand like or you're just not sure yet cuz you know people ask me all the time like what's your end goal i i don't know do you guys know or you're kind of just still figuring that out we have a sense of where we want to end up i think connie and i are very goal oriented driven people just naturally Um, so, and from looking at what happens within the beauty space, unfortunately, as a brand in order for you to have longevity and staying power, you have to be acquired. And we want this brand to outlive Connie and I, like we want three ships to be around for a very, very long time. So we know in order for that to happen, we will have to be acquired by larger brands. Um, and this was something that we knew right from the get go. Um, Connie and I, like she mentioned, are very family oriented. So we would love to see the business <clears throat> sorry, in a few years, being a place where um, it's able to run somewhat independent of us, still, of course, with our involvement and potentially having those conversations with some parent organizations that could provide some backing or some, you know, help or stability behind the brand and its long-term survival. And then from now until that end goal, we're also looking to expand beyond just natural skincare and get into natural body care, natural makeup, natural hair care. We really see ourselves being like the go-to natural beauty brand for anyone looking for more accessibly priced beauty products. Um, And I think we're well on our way there. Absolutely, you are. So I also want to know about the uh, transition from new body to three ships. Like your branding is totally different. I remember I saw a photo of, of new body and then I see photos of three ships and I know the products and the branding is completely different. Like I love the three ships branding. Like, did you guys get a big marketing agency to create that for you? How did you pick the name? What was the transition like? So we did work with a marketing agency. They were not big though. They were like a very, very small team of probably five or so when we started working with them. Um, and they helped us tremendously. So they're the ones that came up with the name. They came up with the 3S logo, came up with like the visuals in terms of the color story and the typography, of course, with input from Connie and I. So basically how it works when you work with one of these branding agencies is they come to you with some ideas. So I think they presented maybe around 10 names or a dozen names to us. And then Three Ships is the one that we resonated with most. We just liked that it wasn't obviously a skincare brand and it wasn't obviously feminine either. We wanted it to be a very agnostic brand that doesn't skew one way or the other and doesn't have like apothecary or like nature or anything like that in it. Um, So that's why we love the name. 
Um, and then in terms of the visuals, I'd say working with a design agency helps so much. In the early stages, it is really good to do it yourself unless you have a lot of money to put into it. Um, the branding agency that we worked with, I think for the rebrand, it was around like five grand, eight grand, somewhere around there for all of like the work that went into the rebrand, or maybe it was 15, but it was less than 20, um, which was definitely a steal because branding agencies can become very, very, very pricey really quickly. But Connie and I were still doing a lot of this ourselves. Like, for example, me and one other, um, at the time she was a contractor, now she's our full-time growth marketer. We're the ones that built the website. Like it was literally sitting, me sitting outside for like basically three weeks straight to just building out the website and all the pages on Shopify and like creating the entire back end. We got a wireframe from the design agency, but then they didn't actually do the build or the implementation. And so those are some ways that you can save money when it comes to doing a rebuild is having someone come up with some of the ideas and the creative, but then doing a lot of the implementation yourself. Um, and that's worked really, really well for us. Amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And then in terms of the transition, I, I think it was like one of the hardest parts was just what was going on in the world. Last year, I had gone through a major surgery at the start of last March, and then we went into COVID and it was only Connie and I on the team at the time. So it was like just a very weird time that it kind of felt like the whole world was slowing down and there was a lot yeah. of uncertainty around my health. So and then it was just also, yeah. like there was a lot of heightened awareness around social causes at the time too last summer. So we were like, ooh, we don't know if we want to launch a rebrand, like in the yeah. middle of other more important things that are going on in the world. So we delayed it until the end of July when it was originally supposed to launch in May. Um, but I think that was the right call. At the end of the day, like, you know, our brand is not everything. And we really stand for a lot more than just skincare. And Laura, I guess maybe if you want to touch on your health journey and also like the cause that we're donating to, because I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Good idea. Hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like a year and a half ago, when I was 26 at the time, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. So at the start of March of last year, literally a week before COVID started in Toronto, um, I went in for a 10 hour brain operation, brain surgery. So they were able to remove 70% of the brain tumor. It came back as in between benign and malignant. So it's kind of like this like weird gray zone where it's like technically cancer, but it's not behaving as aggressively as a typical brain cancer would. So I'm very lucky in that the tumor that's left, the 30% that's in there is very lazy. We have never seen it grow. Knock on wood, hopefully that continues. Um, and I took around like, I think it was two months to recover, but probably around six months before I truly felt like myself. Um, and yeah, it was just a really, really, really wild, wild time in the company. Um, but it's also changed Connie and my perspective as founders and as people and friends and daughters and like co-founders. And we believe that the business can be a source of good and inspiration. And I, I'm very open about my story because I want to demystify young adults having cancer and that it doesn't mean that you need to be treated differently. You can still pursue your dreams. You should still pursue your dreams. The business was such an outlet for me during my recovery. And I truly don't know what I would have done without three ships being around to give me the sense of purpose and hope. Um, so because of that, we really believe in the importance of having hope and maintaining a sense of optimism and how that contributes to one's recovery. So we're really happy that a few months ago, we announced our partnership with Make-A-Wish Canada, where we're donating a portion of every single sale, as well as connecting, collecting donations on our site that will 100% go towards Make-A-Wish. And what Make-A-Wish does is they grant the wishes of young children and adults who are facing terminal or life-threatening um, illnesses. And for us, we specifically donate to young adults and children who have brain tumors or brain cancers, which are actually the leading cause of cancer-related deaths within young children and adults. 
Um, and the reason that we're doing this instead of donating to research is that research gets so much attention and so many donations. And we really want to have a direct impact on those who are facing these conditions and give them that sense of hope and excitement and something to look forward to for them and their family. So we're, we're just really um, blessed to be able to be in a position that we can give back in this sort of way. Beautiful. You are incredible, Laura. Thank you so much for sharing that. You guys are just so amazing and honest and genuine and anyone, you know, like you are like the poster children for perfect people and business owners. You know what I mean? Like we are not perfect. No, but <laughs> no, we're here. Okay. Well, imperfectly imperfect. That's where no one's yes. perfect, but like, you know, you have a clean beauty business that helps people. It's affordable. You wanted to make it affordable for people. It works. It's effective. You know, you are involving charities and, and being so open with your own health issues. Like it's amazing. Like you guys should honestly just be so proud of yourselves for, for building this and, and having this attitude towards life. Like it's, it's so commendable. And I know everyone here listening is just so inspired and blown away by what you guys have both been through and and created. So thank you, honestly. We also do share a lot of like what it's been like to build a company from nothing until where we are today. We have like a blog on our site through shipspeed.com. We also post regularly like IG lives about like random topics that might interest people. So recently we posted about like what goes on in the back end and why we're seeing out of stock. So if your listeners like are building their businesses and want another resource to look for, you know, about like fundraising, Dragon's Den, like how to get your first retail partner, things like that, they can always check out through Speedy because not only are we transparent about the products that we make, but we're all also really transparent about us as a team and what we've gone through because woman empowerment is really important to Laura and me and the entire team. And however we can help others, um, just, you know, we'll do whatever we can. Um, one of my favorite quotes is a rising tide raises all ships. Um, and I think that that's really what we're striving to do at three ships. No pun intended. <laughs> I love it. Be- beautiful. So, okay. To, to kind of wrap this up, I want to hear from both of you. What is your favorite product from Three Ships and what can you not live without? So mine is definitely our Purify Gel Cleanser. It's helped so much with just those like small little breakouts or little bumps that I would have on my complexion. I have combination skin. So before using this product, I would find that my T-zone would get really, really oily, lots of congestion. And this product has just been incredible for mattifying my oily areas and also hydrating my drier areas, especially in Canada where, you know, the winter can be pretty harsh. So this is a product that I use every day, twice a day, ever since we launched it. And I just think it's like incredible. I also have very sensitive eyes to like products that have alcohols in them. Um, So this product doesn't have any drying alcohol, so it won't burn or sting your eyes as well. So you can use it to remove eye makeup too. Amazing. And my favorite is our Dewdrops um, Mushroom Hyaluronic Acid and Vitamin C Serum. I'm not sure if you try to get Mimi, but if not, we'll have to send you some. Um, it actually just won Self Magazine's Best Hyaluronic Acid Serum. I think it was selected from like a thousand products. Um, and it was tested for two months by a team of 65 judges, including four dermatologists. So definitely like tried and true. It's like proof that natural can be just as effective as clinical. Um, and it, hyaluronic acid helps to um, moisturize your skin, whereas vitamin C helps to brighten your skin. So you're kind of getting like a double whammy. Um, And what you can do is you can actually mix it with foundation or a BB cream to give your skin a really dewy look. Um, So that's a pro tip for your listeners. Yes. I actually love that one. I have it and I love it. I don't have the cleanser, but I need to try the cleanser. um, It's a game changer. Amazing. I've been loving the toner recently. Like 
I love toning my face before doing anything else. Like right when I get out of the shower or after I wash my face, I always tone. So the toner I've been loving because it, I have like very red skin sometimes and it just calms my skin. Oh yeah. You can also use it um, as a makeup setting spray, or you can put it on, like put it in the fridge first in the summer and then take it out for like a midday refreshing mist. It's really good in the heat for that. Um, Or since like, you know, you meditate, do yoga, like if you're using the lavender one, it's actually really refreshing and calming. So sometimes what you can do is like, you can just spray a little bit and then sit down for your meditation. Um, And when you breathe in, you'll smell the lavender. So that's another tip for you and your listeners. Oh my God. I need to do that. It's kind of like a a room atmosphere spray as well. Oh yeah. All in one. Some people use it as a pillow spray and I'm like, you can go for it if you want. I personally would just use like lavender essential oil, but mm-hmm. people love to just use it for pretty much anything. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, where can everyone find you guys? Buy your products. Tell us everything. Yeah. So you can check us out at threeshipsbeauty.com um, or our Insta and TikTok and, uh, and TikTok are Three Ships Beauty. And then on Twitter, we're Shop Three Ships. Um, and then if you're interested in like personal founder journeys behind the scenes, Laura's Instagram is Laura A. Burgett. Um, it's spelled B-U-R-G-E-T. And mine is at it's Connie Lowe. So I-T-S-C-O-N-N-I-E-L-O. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This was an amazing episode and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Oh my gosh, Thank it was so nice to chat with you, Mimi.